Hey, church family, Christian Hessling here with Pastor Bob. Hey, CLC family. And this is week uh, week six, I think, or last weekend was week six of our sermon series, or week se- I think it was week seven, seven weeks into it, wow. um, of the series that we're in, Making All Things New, even you. Uh, and so on Tuesdays at noon, r- much like right now, we do a Q&A where you guys can submit your questions. Even if you're watching this live, you can submit them right now, or even if there's something we don't cover today and you're listening to this after the fact and you're still curious about it, send it in, email us, let us know, and we kind of want to wrestle alongside you as we try and understand scripture better, not for the sake of understanding scripture, but for the purpose of our being able to follow Jesus more holistically. So um, yeah, usually the way the podcast work is Bob's going to give an awesome two minute recap of the sermon. If you want to see the whole sermon, it's on our website. And then after that, we'll kind of talk a bit more in depth. And then after that, we'll kind of wrestle with some questions, some submitted by people, some that we might even have of the scripture in the text um, to kind of better understand what's going on here. So am I missing anything? No, I think that summarizes it great. Perfect. Okay, well, I'm going to start a two-minute timer, which means we're going to hear a two-minute recap of the sermon, uh, and we'll be good to go. So that timer starts now. All right. Well, we're looking at Ephesians 5, 15 to 17, and it's about wisdom in how we use our time. Hmm. It's really a wisdom passage that is not looking for a list of rules, but looking for us to understand we need wisdom. And just before that, he laid down this very intention kind of identity we have of living in a world but not participating in the world's evil Hmm. so it's very easy to just withdraw from the world or it's very easy to just go along with the world's uh, plan and live in darkness it's very difficult to live in that tension yeah you know and so that's where we need wisdom because if we aren't wise we'll either be so negative and removed from the world we'll be irrelevant yeah or uh we'll just collapse into the world and we'll not show any alternative yeah um and it's so easy to retreat into either one of those areas Mm so so he's talking about wisdom with time and to redeem the time or to make the most of the life that we're given so that was the first point the second point was to recognize the stage in life we're at like everybody has a different stage uh and you know i kind of looked at the traditional first half second half of life uh, kind of thing. So, you know, you and your family just entered into the second half in a huge way. Yeah. Welcoming two little dependent lives. Two kids. <laughs> um, but it kind of, we kind of get pulled into a different phase of life, but sometimes we don't drag our souls and our awareness sure. into that, you know, to redeem that time. So, kind of still living in the previous phase to some degree. And redeeming the, the, I think like a lot of times we break it down into decades. We think like yeah. it's different to be 20 than 40. Yeah. You know, it's different to be 30 than 50 in terms of your opportunities. Yeah. And what you can do. So, um, and Wells kind of recognizing where you are in your relationship with, with Jesus yeah. and where your spirituality is. Yeah. And to say, this is the phase where I'm at. Where would I like to be? Yeah. And and then the last part was just saying, take the steps to consider proactively. What would enrich your relationship with Jesus? Yeah. Everybody has a different list. And it's not a list of rules. It's a list of how to form and be mm. changed. Because yeah. list of rules is easy. In some ways, you know, we probably sometimes wish like it could just be as simple as give me three ways. Yeah. Um, but no, it's like it's God's more concerned about who we are. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, that was under two minutes. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And I like the point of not not a list of rules, but God's more concerned about who we are, which is very much in line with 
the whole series is like God's making all things new, even you. Uh, it's not that God's giving us a bunch of new rules. Um, trying yeah, to create I'm glad a it's not that. Yeah, trying to create a parameter by which we can experience um, Him in life a bit more fully. Um, so that's good. So um, usually kind of the question I pose for the second portion is like, hey, we're usually bound to, what, 45 minutes on a Sunday. Uh, we could always go long if we want, but we want to be kind to you guys um, to give a sermon. And so with that, is there something that you really wish you could spend a bit more time on for Sunday that perhaps you couldn't, or even something that if you could bring clarity to, what might that be? And I'm going to start the seven-minute portion of our timer right now. I do think being really definitive about the stages of the discipleship, mm-hmm. and um, in a book I mentioned by Ron Rollheiser called Sacred Fire, he mentions three stages of discipleship, okay. and, it, and it comes from not necessarily the Bible itself saying here are the three stages, but it comes from a lot of church thinkers in history and like down through the 2,000 years of Christianity mm-hmm. to say like there, there's a phase of like moving from a skeptic or a doubter or someone who's not in the faith to being, hey, I... I'm in Christ. I've come to believe Christ is who he says he is. Mm. Uh, I've come to believe he did claim to be God and to be the source of life and resurrection. Okay, I've crossed that line. Yeah. But then essential discipleship is kind of like cleaning up the most obvious messes of your life yeah. and the most outward sins. Yeah. Um, and generally, for a lot of reasons, both good and bad, you know, we get rid of those in the yeah. church. Yeah. Um, but then... The next, so that's kind of essential discipleship. Mm-hmm. We don't have bill collectors chasing us down, ready to repossess our house because yeah. we're not going to work, or we're living in total chaos, yeah. or you know, blatant kind of sinful decisions. Yeah. But we do still have the disorder underneath our life and yeah. a life that isn't able to give itself to other people. So, so we move from essential discipleship to mature discipleship, and that's the struggle to really give our life away. Yeah. Um, and out of mature discipleship, there should eventually be that place, uh, Rollheiser and, and kind of the saints of old talk about yeah. radical self-giving. Yeah. Where, so a couple scripture passages that I think speak of this, uh, when uh, Jesus talked to Peter and he said, you know, uh, your, your, your first half of your life is you're being able to go about and do things for me, but there's going to be a second half of your life where you're going to be taking places you don't want to go. Yeah. And that some of that's going to be taken away from you. That's... That's the part of life where the 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 freedom of just choosing uh, our love is not so much there. It's more loving our choice. Yeah, yeah. It's more loving and having a deep sense of contentment in that. And even uh, I was talking to someone who's in their 90s last week, and they're like, I don't like it that I can't do for myself and do for others. Hmm. I'm just saying, you know, I agree. I would hate that too, and it's pro- it eventually comes to all of us. Yeah. But it is an, it's a radical way to give yourself away. Give your whole self away. Yeah. Um, even your illness, your sickness, your yeah. death, your limitations. Yeah. So, um, yeah, developing that more. I think another place the Bible deals with as stages is Paul talks in 1 Corinthians 13. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Yeah. You know, and then he says, but when I became, you know, mature, I put away childish things. Yeah. Yeah. So there is, there should always be development. Yeah. And I would say, like, I'm not in the radical phase. I want to be. Yeah, I, I want to be a radical for Jesus. I want to be radically obeying commands. Yeah, I, I want to be learning and freshening. I don't want to coast, and I yeah. think that's the danger for uh, all of us in yeah. church. You reach a point. There's not any huge outward problems. I'm not causing problems in my neighborhood. Yeah, um, but am I really giving myself? away am i becoming love so why do you think that is like i appreciate the three stages and perhaps we can um 
always discern where we're at. And even, you know, as, as, as people who work in a church are trying to help figure, help people discern where they're at so then they could take that next step to being a radical, which kind of, you know, some people might shudder at that word, but I think that is what we see in scripture. God's calling us to something that is radical, but also beautiful and profound and, and life-changing. And so why is it that we stop at one point and we decide this is it? Like I've hit the pinnacle you know, and I've, I'm guilty of doing this in my yeah. own life where I, I kind of coast is the right word for it. And I'm comfortable and I don't, you know, I don't want anything else demanded of me or expected of me. And so why is it that maybe in the, we can say the church as a whole, not CLC only, but, you know, a lot of churches. Why is it that people kind of grow, I don't know, if maybe complacent is the right word. And we kind of pause and we coast. Um, and is that genuine discipleship? Yeah. I mean, it. That's the great question: Is that genuine discipleship? And if and so it asks the question: What is a discipleship? And I mean, I think the better definitions I've heard is a person is a disciple if they're a learner. It just means a learner. Yeah. In the school of Jesus. Yeah. And it means that we're letting him make constant revisions to our life. Yeah. Like I'm gonna go this way. No, you know. Yeah. Um, so I do think there's a whole bunch of ways that I subvert that because I love comfort. Yeah. I mean, I really do like comfort. Um, so, but I'm not going to grow if I don't allow myself to be stretched or experience some dis- discomfort. Yeah. And, I mean, it's true for every other goal. Yeah. You know, you've got to put in some disciplined work that isn't, you know, so if I'm going to learn how to play an instrument really well, I'm going to have to, like, if I want to learn how to play guitar, like, you're a great guitarist. Appreciate it. I will never. <laughs> be that good unless I'm willing to get the calluses on my fingers sure. and playing those chords yeah. and sounding really bad while I learn it, you know? Uncomfortable process to start with. I have to yeah. wor- be willing to get the calluses, yeah. you know, and go through that. Um, and that's true for, you know, physical athletics, all those things. Yeah. So I think we produce, I once asked a church, I said, how many of you could find me a middle C on the piano? Like, and just like, cause that, First piano lesson was like, I am finding middle C. It is simple. Can you see? Like, you know, we just find middle C. Yeah. And so many hands went up. Yeah. And I said, you know, how many of you could play one of our worship songs or something? You know. Hands go down. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we we get introduced and we don't keep yeah. seeing that Christ is inviting us. To yeah. So many invitations, I think we we rationalize away as, well, this is just an invitation for someone who's not a believer to become a believer. Yeah. But I think those invitations move constantly for us yeah yeah you know so yeah i don't know what do you think why do you think we get stuck why do you think churches are good are safe places for people to get stuck yeah you know i was wrestling with this even uh you know we talk a lot about stuff in staff meetings just trying to like figure out like how do we bring people to the next level and sometimes i um question like have we created a culture and a space that enables people to be comfortable where they're at. And I've not shared these questions with you before because there's stuff like I'm currently asking, like how is it that we create a culture and a space and kind of a rhythm that um, almost endorses people's like current state without kind of any prodding questions. Not saying like we're trying to intervene in your life and kind of insert ourselves where we're not welcome to say, you need to do better. Um, It's more of like, um, how can we create this invitational space to lovingly challenge people as we're challenging ourselves to take that next step instead of um, creating a space where we're kind of comfortable where we're at. You know, there's not much that is expected or demanded of us and we're not, you know, poking and prodding in a way that would kind of challenge us perhaps. So um, I just wrestle with like, I think we're in some ways a lot of us are products of the spaces that we um, find ourselves in. 
And this is like one facet of a much more complex issue. But I think a lot of us are products in, in the essence of some of the spaces that we find ourselves in. Um, and so I, I start to ask myself questions like, what about the spaces that I'm in? What about maybe uh, some patterns in CLC kind of make it easy for people to kind of camp out and coast? And how can we slowly begin to change that? as I'm challenging myself to do the same. So I don't know, not a very complete answer because it's definitely a complex situation, but those are some of the things that go through my head as I wrestle with kind of a culture of complacency, which we're all guilty of to a degree. Um, yeah, Yeah. some thoughts there. Uh, that's good. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think part of the task of church should be to help us all realize where we are and, yeah. and what the invitation is to grow. And like you said, it's not about condemning the person who is saying, yeah. right now I'm just sitting and maybe healing from some wounds. For sure. Oh, or, yeah. you know, maybe just the COVID years were hard and I, I just need a place to sit and yeah. soak some things in and have some relative peace and quiet. Oh, yeah. like, That's fine. But just realize that is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I think what, what concerns me is when, you know, even in my own sense, I think that I could run a marathon. Yeah. And I'm like, I couldn't run five miles. Yeah. And it's like, it's really important that I understand that in a sense. Yeah. You know, or that I understand like, hey, I'm not doing enough to maintain cardiac health. Yeah. You know, so just, I I fear sometimes in church that because the emphasis is on just attending. Yeah. And feeling like, well, I've touched the building even. Mm -hmm. Even if I haven't worshipped, you attended a worship service, but did you worship? Yeah. You know, did you participate? Did mm-hmm. you pay attention to God? Yeah. Do you leave the building feeling more attentive to what God is doing in your life? Yeah. We can so go through those motions. Sure. You know, and boy, it's really dangerous when you're on staff, when yeah. you're a pastor, and it can happen to you. It's yeah, like, we do it too. I preached a sermon, and so yeah. I feel like I did my duty, and it's like, yeah, but have I, am I paying attention to God? Yeah. Am I sensitive to that? So, yeah. Um, that's the piece. I We did a survey once in, in a church, and it was uh, a really interesting survey that we had the whole congregation sit down before the service closed and fill out. And we asked people what category of disciple they would they would put themselves as, or believer. Uh, not yet a believer, uh, a brand new believer, yeah. an immature believer, a mature believer, or a discouraged believer. And... Um, the overwhelming majority were mature believers hmm. by their own estimation. Sure, yeah. Then we asked some other questions. Um, have you invited anybody just to worship or to explore who Jesus is, sharing yeah. who Jesus is with them in the last year? Yeah. Have you, um, you know, what's your prayer and Bible study life like? Are yeah. you involved in relationships with other believers that are yeah. reciprocal and rewarding? Are you giving financially? Hmm. And we have people mark themselves mature who said no to all of those things. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, okay, how are they mature? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and somehow, you know, it was an overwhelming number who were. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was scary for me because I'm like, wow, we're giving we're giving ourselves A's as it were, yeah. or at least mature believer at least be an A minus B plus. Yeah. But we're not really, you know. And I know, like the disciples in the Gospels are making a lot of mistakes, but they are trying. They are yeah. out there. They're Constantly, Jesus was putting them in a kind of uncomfortable place. Yeah, yeah. So and failing, but that, that brings wrong. me to my first question. Since uh, regarding that stuff, um, if it's all right, yeah. Um, how is it? Um, have how is it that we've normalized? I mean, I'm I'm just kind of speaking church, but maybe just kind of like more broadly too. 
how is it that we've normalized this stem, or how is it how has it become normalized that a total like we identify ourselves as Jesus followers yet if we're very honest with ourselves even as as leaders um, maybe we're missing kind of the marks of what it actually means to actively follow Jesus like how has that become a normal part of our culture and what are we to do about that if we want to change that does mm-hmm. that make sense that's so good yeah I'll tell you one thing that I I find the Lord uses for me is just like finding people who are radically following Jesus mm-hmm. and paying attention to that because I think you know I find all the, we have so many rationalizations of why like Jesus did meet a few people and basically told them to sell all you have and follow me right yeah how many of us know anybody who's done that? I know. Because it's like, that mm-hmm. isn't, it's, it should be some. Yeah. You know, or say, hey, I'm going to pick up my family and move with uh, a couple close friends and families to Turkey and be involved in church planning, hmm. you know, or something like, like those are people that, but I do know people who are, who are living that way, like yeah. on the very edge, you know, um, I think of some of our friends in Zimbabwe who are just like, they are supporting so many lives mm-hmm. of children who've lost both parents and don't have any bootstraps to pull themselves up by. Right? Yeah. And they're just, so yeah. Cause I do want to go out in a blaze of radical obedience. I mm-hmm. do, you know, and I know like it's, it's a process, but it's like, um, so your question was, yeah. How, how do we, how do we kind of rouse ourselves out of that? Yeah. Maybe. Especially cause we're comfortable. We're like, you know, yeah, I'm guilty of that, but that's not where I want to settle. And I'm sure it's maybe not where a lot of, uh, congregants want to settle um but maybe also maybe it's been normalized at like hey church sundays and serving every now and then like that is the epitome of it and maybe we've greatly reduced what discipleship could look like by accident uh and now we're trying to figure it out again or redefine it cast a vision and then invite people in it so yeah yeah i keep <laughs> coming back to something that haunts me christian I, I heard somebody say you know sarcastically they said, you know, Jesus started his movement with people who were deeply relationally connected to him, deeply people of prayer, like praying in the upper room for mm-hmm. 10 days, being clothed with the Holy Spirit from on high. He says, he said, he got the movement started with the Holy Spirit, like rocket boosters. Yeah. But then we realized what we really need is a few seminars, some programs for the kids and mm-hmm. family, and that's the way he's going to build the movement. Yeah. And it's like, that's yeah. frightening. Yeah. So I would just push a little bit against the program and volunteering only in this way of saying, you know, if our worship services are not communicating the active presence of God yeah. in a way that's supernatural and and like even what's going on in Asbury uh, and in Kentucky, that there's this presence of God that we hunger and thirst for. Yeah. And we say, I've got to be in worship, not I show up once a month. Yeah. Or I show up when I feel like it. It's like, no, I, ha- I, I can't wait. I want yeah. to be there for the presence of God. And I want to be this outpost of the presence of God. I do think that's normal Christianity in the book yeah. of Acts. Yeah. I mean, if you ask them, how often do you go to worship? They're like, oh, as often as I can. Yeah. I mean, my, my heart longs to be in that place where I'm connecting with God and, yeah. and that other people are part of it. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder if we've made it so much that it's just our own self-discipline, our own little family and not a community event. We're very individualistic. Yeah. And, and I am too. Like, yeah. Um, that's not a good thing. And I look at cultures that are more communal and committed to the benefit of community. It's such yeah. a happier way to live. Yeah. It's a better way to live. So yeah. I think that's part of it. Yeah. Um, it is about discipleship, though. I do sure. think everything that is in the New Testament is really 
seeking to help us take the next step in following Jesus. Yeah. And um, that that's the key. Yeah. A, a disciple is a learner. Yeah. So it's a picture of the fact that what am I learning this week? What have I learned in the last month? Sure. And I think that question, if I spent the rest of 2023, it's almost one-sixth over. If you it's terrifying. It. Um, but if I spent yeah. the rest of 2023 the way I spent the first sixth of it, yeah. would I be closer to God? Sure. Is kingdom to be advancing? Yeah. Or do I need to make some changes right now? Yeah. So we come to, this is Fat Tuesday, eat your yeah. donuts and anything else today. Feast. But then uh, yeah, ask <laughs> Wednesday's tomorrow. you got the 40 days. Um and again, that's not in the Bible. You don't have to. You don't have to follow it. But Christians have found useful sometimes saying, "Hey, for this season, I'm going to really be intentional." Yeah. And subtract, which is good news for me because I don't need to just add something. I need to subtract <laughs> some things, and and fill it with something that will move your heart toward Jesus. Yeah. Um, that that's the win that could be there. Yeah. So. So we have opportunity to lean in, and it's uncomfortable. I don't like giving stuff up. I like my rhythms and I like my stuff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but it's good. It, it, it uh, creates space for hopefully some discipleship and growth. Um, I had another question. You mentioned earlier this idea of like a discipleship pathway. Oftentimes, um, you know, it's easy to not think in like categories of, hey, where am I and kind of what's next? Um, could you explain a bit more, maybe for anyone viewing who's like, I'm trying to figure out where I am and maybe what those next steps are for discipleship. How can they kind of utilize this tool that we refer to as like the discipleship pathway to identify where they're at? And then how is it, are they supposed to determine what's next? Because, and I was like this for many years, I attended church and did youth group and, and, and that was kind of it for me. But I also understood or thought like, Hey, this is it. Like, this is the epitome of what it's like. And I didn't engage in like spiritual disciplines or things that I didn't really know were opportunities to grow and so for those who kind of are in the rhythm and maybe kind of uh coasting who are trying to be a bit more intentional about where they're at and where they're going um how can that discipleship pathway help them in that and, and what 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 can they do next what should they do next yeah it's great i mean formative i think it's really good for us to know some people who are further along than we are yeah and 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 then um since a, a mature disciple should be making disciples we should know some people who are not yet there. And we should also look at the people mm -hmm. who are not yet Christ followers and maybe yeah. not even aware of it. And how are we pouring into their lives? So we should always, in a sense, be in in the middle in the sense of saying, I know someone who's further along. Mm -hmm. I know someone who's not yet there. I'm I'm relating to both. I'm being yeah. pulled up this way. Yeah. And I'm being pulled into service this way yeah. um, for this person. So. Uh, that I think is a really healthy way of, and that drives me out of complacency too, because yeah. I have a burden to bring someone with mm -hmm. me uh, and I want to carry them into the journey deeper. And then there's someone ahead of me that's saying, I want you to help me go deeper. Yeah. Um, so, and it definitely does, I do think it starts with some of those disciplines, but yeah. we often make them all lonely. Yeah. And when I read about the church in Acts, they were in these meetings where they were in one accord in prayer. Yeah. So they're yeah. hearing and overhearing and participating in prayer mm -hmm. together and eating together daily and yeah. breaking bread with each other. And I'm sure the conversations were not just, um, you know, about the most simple things of life. Sure. They were like, where's this Messiah Jesus, yeah. you know, messing with your life and bringing change and yeah. uh, messing with you in a good way, yeah. you know? Um, so I think those, those kind of practices and isolation is deadly to growth. Yeah. And Glad you brought that up. That's good. And depressing to our spirits and everything else, too. Yeah. So 
I'm excited about this new time for our 1045 in the sense of, yeah. of, of encouraging some new windows and avenues yeah. for service. And, um, yeah, I just say hopefully to do some of that goal even toward shoring up the ministry that happens at, at 9 o'clock, but also yeah. just moving us forward because it, it opens up another window for people. Yeah. Um, it's another way for people to engage. And I love that image of like reaching back and kind of reaching forward. And so hopefully there's more bridges that we're able to build this weekend as we start the 1045. And Yeah, this week is the 1045. So tell your friends. Yeah. Um, if they like to sleep in, then we are now ex- more accessible for those who like to sleep in. <laughs> Jesus loves you even if you are a sleepy head. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> I've heard from a number of people who are excited about that time slot. So let's yeah. see what the Lord does with that. Yeah. And that's starting this weekend. So, um, this format will still be happening on Tuesdays as of now. So if you have a question at either the 9 or 10, 1045 service, send them in. You can email us or you can go to clcfamily.church slash sermon. Uh, and there's a form there to fill it in. But uh, any final words? <laughs> yeah, make the most of your life. Like I think that's mm. so cool that God wants us to do that. Yeah. Like that is God saying make make the most of this, yeah. this life that you've given. I think there's no better way to honor him than saying, okay, I'm going to cherish the life I've been given and yeah. I want to. I want to play that role to the hill. I yeah. think that's awesome. Yeah, that's good. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for that. Uh, we'll continue to journey through Ephesians. So come join us this Sunday, two services, one at 9, one at 1045. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you all next week. Take care. Great. Thanks.